Mojo in the morning. Mojo Disco here, bringing you the first episode of Mojo in the Morning. I am so happy to be here in this space with you guys. Um, it's been a long time coming. I've been doing my work to really get this off the ground, and I'm so happy that this is our first episode. Yes! Oh my God. So, first and foremost, I know you guys are all wondering. You've seen a promo. You saw them pictures. You know how good it's looking. <laughs> I know you guys are all wondering, Mojo, like, where did this come from? Like, what is Mojo in the morning? Mojo in the morning is my idea and it's my brainchild of really just bringing you that Mojo flavor, that Mojo essence, everything I like to speak about on my social media platforms and everything that I always discuss at my events, you know, just bringing it to one location directly to you, right to wherever you're at. I'm meeting you where you are with my message. So that's what Mojo in the Morning is. It's not your mama's morning show, okay? It's not going to be that. We're not going to have all of that coffee and tea shit. No, 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 no. Mojo in the Morning is the real deal, all right? I like my mornings turned up. That's the only way I make it through my day. If my mornings are not turned up, baby, what am I doing? So that's pretty much Mojo in the Morning. Um, I was inspired, though, to do this podcast by a good friend of mine, Nasir, AKA Osiris Anthem. Um, he is a rapper in New York City. You might have seen him if you took one of the city tours or if you ever been in a cipher in Brooklyn or anything, you might have seen him. But around this time last year, he has suggested for me to do a podcast. Now I'm not gonna hold you guys up. I've never listened to podcasts before because like I feel like who has the time? Let me not hold y'all up. I don't have the time. So I never really I could barely catch my shows. Um, so podcasts always been like pretty much out of my zone, but upon research, there's a heavy ass market for podcasts, baby. Oh yes. This is a heavy people. Y'all are listening to people express their minds and share their thoughts. Like podcasts is not what it used to be back in the day. Like podcasts are strictly like for educational purposes or like informational. Well, that's how I experienced podcasts. And I never was really like, you know, tuned in or turned on by that. Mm-mm, it didn't get me up. But now it's like a whole community of podcasts. And upon my research, I discovered like people are just being their authentic selves and speaking and connecting. And I feel like as Mojo Disco, the brand, as Mojo Disco, the human being, that's all I'm about. So I'm so, 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 so hyped to do this. Like really, I don't think you guys understand. Um, I'm inspired by conversations amongst us, my people, my people of color, my LGBTQ plus family, my cis family, my, my everything. I'm inspired by our conversations. Um, I get hyped for our conversations dead ass. Like I really do because sharing information to me is just, it's so much value that comes to it and expressing your mind. It's not always typing it out online, you know, no shade to the online girls who came up through the online platforms. I see you might get your coin, but express your thoughts in this realm, in this realistic realm. I need to hear your voice frequencies. I need to connect with you on a realistic level. Anybody can be anybody online, darling, you know that, but what are you giving offline? And this is kind of my, although you guys are receiving this online, you're getting me offline, off the air, um, straight raw mojo. And I'm so excited for it. (laughs) So who is Mojo Disco? Who is Mojo Disco? Well, if you're listening, you probably have some kind of notion of who I am already. But if you don't, let me clear up the rumors. (laughs) I am a multi-talented renaissance person 
who pretty much does every fucking thing. Yo, it's crazy with me. Like, my New Year's resolution this year was to cut down on all the things I was doing. Because, baby, I was spreading myself too thin. Like, you can't be all this kind of peanut butter jelly juiciness and spreading yourself on Ritz crackers. It's going to crumble. It's going to crumble. Like, you have to... Well, for me, I can speak for myself. I have to focus on projects and build them up and let them be great individually. Because I find that, and you may agree, when you juggle so many things at once, it just gets so complicated. It gets so complicated. So I have all these talents. God has blessed me so much with the ability to do so many different things. Like I look at myself like, yo, shorty, like you, you, you dope though. Like you really... And don't get me wrong, if I know something's not for me, baby, I'll drop it like a bad habit. Oh, yes, I'm not. <laughs> so the things I do have, trust me, is things that I do practice. I study my crafts and, you know, so I do everything. Mojo Disco is someone who does everything. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm also a very humble person, or at least I try to be. So, like, speaking about myself is always, like, that kind of little little bit of, anxiety that comes with it. it's like uh I don't want people to think that I'm really trying to you know think I'm all that but really I can do seven things at one time but how do you really work out this space because you want people to know you're great but you're not trying to give them more it's a lot going on in my head <laughs> it's a lot going on in my head so I am a person of many I am a person of many talents and I like to keep it that way um, I identify as gender non-conforming. What that means is I don't conform to any gender roles or standards that society has placed amongst us. Um, in smaller words, I fuck it up both ways, darling. Yes, I do. Um, I believe that my identity is one that is not too common, but it is one that is necessary for the culture. You need mojos in your communities. You need mojos in your offices. You need mojos in your in your friendships and livelihood because we are the people who challenge. <laughs> well, I am the person that challenges culture, that challenges everything I've been taught, that leads by example, that shows people that who you are is not necessarily going to fit into a mold, but that is okay. You create your own space and you ride your own lane. That's what I'm about. Um, I do identify as fluid. Yeah, I do identify as fluid, but queer nonetheless um I like who I like I like who likes me how about that <laughs> I asked on my Facebook the other day does your preference prefer you baby shook shook if you hear me shook okay and I stole that question from my cousin tree shout out to you girl hey boo thing um but that question shook me to the core of my soul as well as my followers I'm like yo but that's a different conversation for a different show. <laughs> that's a different conversation. But yeah, so I like who likes me. I prefer who prefer me. I'm, I'm open to everyone. I've dated every kind of person from straight to gay to queer to gender non-conforming to trans to um, cis. Like, you know, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm open. I'm open. I'm fluid. I, I move like liquid. I go where I go and I land where I land. Um... So yeah, that's pretty much me. But for sturdier details, I am an artist. I am a poet. I am a plus size model. I am a curator and I am a designer. Those are pretty much my basic, if this was a Mojo Disco resume, those are the bullet points. <laughs> Everything else falls in between those bullet points. So that's pretty much what I do. Um, I grew up in New York City. I am a 90s baby. <laughs> and it's crazy because a lot of people think I'm way older than what I am but I'm actually 25 years old this is 2017 I turned 25 this year in March um I grew up in the 90s early 2000s um I grew up in Jamaica Queens north side what's up well, I had a little bit of south side too um, but you know, my family, I got a little bit, a little piece of money. We bought a house up north, um, you know, yards and shit. Um, so yeah, I grew up in Queens, sometimes in Brooklyn, back and forth. Um, and I would have to say growing up in that era, you know, many makers consider people like me, my age group, millennials. I don't really get 
get up for that term because uh, it's kind of sticky and it's kind of based on white privilege, but I'm not even going to go there. But growing up in the era I did, like, I feel like I had the best of all worlds. Like, I grew up in a time where music was, like, just so, so popular. Pop music was, like, at a new level of, like, fame and notoriety, um, especially hip-hop. Like, I grew up in a time where hip-hop crossed over to mainstream. You know what I mean? So seeing that transition and being a part of that culture, uh, I get up for music. If um, if it wasn't for music, I don't know where I would be. I would not be here, I'll tell you that much. Music has saved my life numerous times. Um, artistry has saved my mind numerous times, and I'm blessed for these talents because they blessed me back. Oh, yes. Music growing up for me was the universal language. No matter where you was from, whether it was Brooklyn, Queens, Harlem, the Bronx, we all had a unified sound in the city. I kind of miss those days. The sounds are all over. Um, no shade. But growing up, we had a unified sound and understanding of what rap was and what talent was. And it was just so dope. And I feel like those songs were literally the soundtracks of our lives. Still are. Still are. Um. I grew up with a, a music-based family. I had uncles and cousins who rapped and all those great things and, you know, achieved some success in their in their days. And I grew up in uh, an environment in which my dad, he had a uh, he had a recording studio under his barbershop. So imagine, imagine the barbershop. Well, you, if you've been a part of the Black experience, <laughs> if you've been a part of the Black experience, you know the barbershop is a place, or it, or the beauty shop is a place where it's like the church, but not church. It's where you come to transform and lay your burdens down and talk and engage and discuss. Um, the barbershop to me is more of a performance. Um, I've seen in that element, men really perform in their conversations conversations and convictions and as means of just really, you know, I guess getting free beauty shops or, you know, beauty parlors or more so not so much of a performance for me, but just, uh, just that everyday look into the lives of, of women or femmes and stuff like that. And, you know, sharing their burdens and being a healing space also. Um, so yeah, those elements definitely impacted me, but back to my dad, he had a studio and, the bottom of his barbershop. So during my summers, I would literally stay upstairs and work on the name belts for him and his barbershop. Oh my God, do you guys remember the name belts? And not not the graphic shits, the real name belts with the actual, you know, letters. Like my dad used to have me, <laughs> oh my God, he used to have me make those name belts to sell for everyone. So like people would come in, put their request in for the name belts. I would literally have to take the little screws and put the letters together. <laughs> They was hot. They was hot. <laughs> and they was selling like crazy. So during the day, I would make the name belts. And like towards the end of the day, he would tell me that, you know, go downstairs in the studio with Yella. Shout out to Yella. I don't know where you are. If you're listening, I haven't seen you in years, but go downstairs to that studio. Go work on your music. And at that point, I was like, okay, you know, I had me a little notebook with my little lyrics. And <laughs> it's so funny because you cannot tell me that I wasn't going to be a hit. You cannot tell me that. Like, I knew I was going to blow up. Music was my thing. I had my little singing voice. You know, I did um, Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. I was feeling myself. I was cute. You know, I had my little dimples. I really thought I was going to blow up. This is around the height of the Bow Wows, the little Romeos, and all that stuff. I, I'm pretty sure if I was, if I could, I would have been Little Mojo. Little Mojo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um. So, yeah. So, I would go down there. I would work on... My music would yell at, and my dad would make beats. So he would give me a beat CD with like 25 tracks. And from those tracks, I had to make music. And I still remember, <laughs> oh my God, I'm about to start dying laughing. Um, My first song was called Beautiful Inside. It was so sweet. It was an R&B hit, okay? An R&B hit, a classic on the charts, <laughs> <laughs> and it hit no charts. Um, yeah, but it was a beautiful song in which I just, um, you know, sung about being beautiful inside over this nice little beat. I wish I could find that beat. That beat was so great. Uh, my dad really produced some really, some really good bangers. Um, yeah, so music was my life. It was my life. Um, 
from the BGs to the MTVs to all of that. Music was really my life growing up in this city. Um, as well as music, I strongly I had a strong um, concentration in dance. Um, I was trained under Iris Good and Iris Wilson in Queens. Um, and they taught me basically everything I pretty much know about dance, about, you know, jazz, modern, hip hop, all of that stuff. And that was the educational format of it. But outside of that, on the blocks, baby, y'all remember the hood dances? Come on. I know y'all remember the hood dances. Can we talk about the hill and toe? <laughs> Can we talk about the broke up? Can we talk about the Harlem Shake? The original Harlem Shake. Not the shit that gentrified. The real Harlem Shake that I really still can't do to this day. <laughs> Can we talk about the pink head bounce? Like, dances was like your your cred your cred on these streets like your credibility like and you know those dances you was it that summer or that fall or whatever but you was you knew the latest dances you was on and that's the thing i love about black culture like we have certain things that just never go out of style there's still new dances being made up every summer or you know every season and our kids are doing it you know i still got kids whipping the nanny in in my life you know what i mean so I love that part about black culture that we just keep reinventing ourselves and it's so, 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 so real and it's so much love behind our dances. To you, it may be entertainment, but for us, it is our lifelines. It is our connections to our past and our connections to our future. Um, So dance was a big part of my life. I've been on several dance teams, several step teams and all that stuff, just, just as a means to just keep going. You know, overall, the culture... For me, I'm very blessed that my parents kept me in an environment where the village was creative and the village was supportive and the village was nurturing to my talents. So I'm very thankful that not everybody has that. And I didn't understand that until I became an adult. Like, wow, you really, you guys really didn't, like your parents really didn't put you in a school or, you know, after school, like what? Not everyone had the mojo experience. So I'm very blessed for it. I'm very Less for it. And I don't take it for granted. You know, the culture growing up in New York City was just so, so rich. So rich in those times. I feel like it's so diluted now. But I know and I remember very vividly. And this could be nostalgia in my mind. But fuck that. Like, it was rich. It was rich. Like, we, did, we, weren't, we didn't have so much access to each other. So when we linked up, baby, when we linked up, we made each moment count. And I feel like because we have access to each other literally 24-7 with this online shit, it's kind of like diluting it. Um, You have gentrification, pushing people out of neighborhoods. You know, you don't even really get to know your neighbors anymore because I remember back in my day, like, your neighbors were your extended family. Blood or not, they were literally your extended family. Like, each one, teach one, all of that. Like, my, my neighbor down the block could scold me and my mother like you damn right you got scolded like do the right thing next time like it was a community now not so much like the kids don't even play outside the kids do not play outside anymore it's unfortunate my my biggest learning lessons was on my block learning about love relationships learning about people my first fight you know all these things this happened on the block these are the things that helped to mold me and shape me and I, I really I weep for these kids coming up because that dynamic is pretty much non-existent or at least I don't see it I don't I don't think it's legitimate online because it's not a human connection um it's a virtual connection and I know that for me those human connections are what made me who I am today. Life ain't always been a crystal stair, baby, but I'm still here. I'm still here. You know what I mean? So I appreciate the culture of New York City back in those times, those early 2000 times. And even so much as the fashions. Like, Can we talk about the fashions for a minute? Like, if you look back on your pictures, if you grew up in a time I grew up, I know you're gagging. <laughs> like, you're gagging. Like, you cannot tell us we was not fly. You cannot tell us we were not fly. Like, it's nothing. Like, looking back, like, I gag. But back then, baby, let's talk about the bandanas with the rhinestones. Oh, yes. Let's talk about our throwback jerseys. Let's talk about our crisp white Nike uptowns. Let's talk about our assortment of jeans, because you know they, they change every year. Um, Let's talk about our Thames that are still, <laughs> that are still New York staples. Um, let's talk about everything that was just like, I know for me, 
my biggest brands growing up throughout those times was the earliest I can remember was definitely Tommy Hilfiger. I needed to have my Tommy Hilfiger. My mama kept me laced in my Tommy. Fat form. Fat form, that was a good, you know, two years. Um, Nietzsche was hot for me. But I was like, and understand, I come from the hood. So my, my fashion since back then was very much hood politics, you know, stunting to, you know, keep up with the Joneses. Um, what else was rocking for me? Do y'all remember Mesquite? That was the painted stuff. That inspired me to, like, start my whole fashion line of painted clothing. But that's a different conversation. But Mesquite was it for me. Um, even the Sean John when it first came out and uh, um, Rock Aware for sure. Uh, what else was it for me back in those days? Echo. Can't forget Echo. I mean, it evolves. It keeps going. I didn't, I didn't start like doing like my thrift shopping to like around teenage. So like, I want to say like 16, 17. That's when I started like doing my thrift shopping stuff. Um, but yeah. All that stuff, like it really, it really impacted, it really impacted how I felt about myself, how I felt about my community, and how I showed up in the world. And it's interesting now because as a person who doesn't give a fuck how much I was dependent on others' approval, it kind of makes me sick. <laughs> but those was the times, you know, you wanted to be a part of the culture, the New York City culture, the music culture, fashion culture. You wanted to be a part, you wanted to be relevant, you wanted to feel included, you know. I'm glad that we're at a place now where you don't have to be included in everything. You can literally just be yourself. I'm glad we've got to that place. Um, but back then, you wanted to be down like Brandy. Let's not hold nobody up. <laughs> so, you know, in this New York City thing, I grew up and I um, had a variety of different jobs. The most notable for me was working at Atlantic, doing street team stuff. Um, that really impacted my life as far as music. Um, I got to see firsthand what that celebrity life was about. And baby, <laughs> I'm good. Um, I got to see, you know, how to turn events and support events and, you know, connect with people on those levels. Um, and painting poetry. So for those of you who don't know, painting poetry is a monthly celebration of black excellence through the arts. Um, I started it in January 2012. And it was my attempt to showcase my generation and the light I felt we deserved to be showcased. You know, around those times, you know, we were just, it was just ratchet images of us or like unstable or like critically, the clinically depressed images of us all throughout the media online and stuff like that. I'm like, yo, like we're going down a slope. Y'all don't even feel like we invented like less. Let's show them who we really are. And around that time, I was already heavy in a party promoting scene in the city, um, promoting, promoting for events all over the city, hosting events. But I wanted to create a scene in which I felt we were truly represented that felt like love each time. That felt like coming home on Thanksgiving. That felt like your grandma's best meal. Like I just wanted to create that space, but also celebrate our artists and our painters and our performers, our poets and our MCs and painting poetry was that, was that. And I've been doing it every month since January, 2012. And it's so interesting. Um, the, the way the world works, I've connected with so many people because of painting poetry. And I really felt for the first time in my life that I was truly aligned with my purpose. And it was many times that I felt like, oh my God, I won't be able to do this this month or it won't work. But baby, it's always worked. It's always worked. Even those times I felt like I wanted to walk away. I couldn't because I knew the purpose of painting poetry. And it's so interesting how the world works because January 2018 will be the last painting poetry. Um, if you follow me on Facebook, I put the um, press release out about it. Um, and something that's your baby, it's always going to be personal. No matter how much business, how business savvy you are, it's always going to be personal. Um, I've cried it away. I fought it away. But I've come to the road, the end of this road of painting poetry. Um, it's been a great five, almost six years. Um, like I said, I connected with so many people and I've learned so much and I've grown so much. Yo, looking at my pictures from 2012 to like as recent as last month, like, yo, Mojo, like 
not only did your event grow, you've grown too. And I think it's very important that we acknowledge our growth. It humbles us. And I'm so proud of all the work that me and my team has done. Special shout out to Scott Morris, Buttercool, Hadia Cohen, DJ Blackout, Math P. Special shout out to our prior host, Fox Gold, Cheeky Pow Pow, everyone who's been a part of my team, my vision, from the Kimberly Project to Jose Castillo to um, Venus Cuffs. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. To Carlos, Carlos, I won't forget you either. I'm sorry. Thank you for everyone who has provided space, who has provided their bodies, their minds, their everything to just make sure that my event was a success. Thank you. I could not have done it without you. And I'm I'm thankful that you guys have been here with me through the good and bad times because it ain't always been good. Trust me. It ain't always been good. But the reality of it all is the show is over. And I, it still hurts me to say it, but the show is over. Now, Painted Poetry will still be doing our community organization stuff. We'll still be doing givebacks. We have our Thanksgiving giveback coming up, our Christmas giveback coming up. I want to push it more in that direction of community building. But as far as the events, January 2018 will be our finale. So I really hope to see all of you guys there. Um, let's go out with a bang. I don't want to, this is not a funeral. I don't want to cry. I don't want to, I don't want to weep anymore. I want to celebrate what we've done, what we as a community of artists has done for the past six years successfully. I want to celebrate it. I want to go out like we've never gone out before, you know, and that's pretty much my life mission to inspire, to celebrate life and to just continue fucking it up the way I have been. Like that's my life mission. And I'm so glad that I've come to this point, this complete life turn. Like, you know what? This has served its purpose, but I still got work to do. I still have work to do. And I think for us, we have to be honest about where we are in life at all times. The moments when we are dishonest to ourselves, we end up playing ourselves Really, truly, we if we if we tackle things as they happen and, and if we're more honest about where we are in life, not in the race of life, but where we are currently and presently and mind, body, and soul, the answers will come to us. And I've seen this coming for a while now. I'm not going to hold you up, but I've been in denial of it. But things in life, you will see need to complete. The, the cycle of completion is so necessary to get to the next level because there's levels to this shit oh yes (laughs) there are levels to this shit called life and once you understand that in the grand scheme of it all you'll see that yo life is such a beautiful thing and as soon as i think i know it all baby i don't know shit i don't know shit okay i don't know anything about this life thing but i'm willing to learn i'm willing to love i'm willing to laugh and i'm willing to keep going so I thank you guys for supporting me through any medium I've ever produced. <laughs> and you guys really rock with me. I really feel the love. And I know it's because of your prayers and your kind words that I always have the ability to keep going. This is not a solo act. Trust it, trust me, I make it clear every time I can. This is not a solo act. Shout out to the praying mothers. Shout out to everyone who gives some kind of love or light to Mojo. Because I give it right back to y'all. And that's our equal exchange. You know, so many people exchange many other different things. But for me, I like to exchange to be on love, respect, upliftment, all that good shit. You know what I mean? So this is basically what Mojo in the Morning is going to be. It's going to be my next step, my next chapter in life, my next journey with you guys. So I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm giving to you raw how I've been doing. I'm giving it to you real. I'm giving it to you proper. And this is going to be more of a variety show, really, truly, because I do so much stuff. Like I said before, I do so much things. So it's no way in the world I'm going to have a podcast and I have all my mojo twists and turns and dips and tens. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to have all this stuff a part of the show. So I'm so happy for it. And I'm so happy that my first episode, this is like my cherry. You guys are really literally taking my podcast virginity and it feels good it's not a mess don't don't have to worry about cleanup and we're here <laughs> this is mojo in the morning mojo in the morning
So you guys know how I said like music was such a big part of my life going up and I thought it'd be no better way to bless my first podcast episode than featuring a super, super, super dope mix, super, super dope mix. Um, Growing up in New York City, you know, we're infamous or we're known <laughs> for our clubs and a popular club back in the day was the tunnel. Y'all remember the tunnel? Now look. I wasn't old enough to be up in a tunnel. I'm not going to hold y'all up. But the stories, the video footage, the the song references, baby, I, I my dream was to just be in a tunnel. The tunnel is far gone now, but, you know, the memory and the energy still still lives. Um, One of my favorite DJs, DJ Kilopatra Jones. Yo, she produced this mix called The Tunnel 1991, and I am so hype to share this with you guys um she's another fat femme like i am and before y'all get y'all little panties in a bunch we are reclaiming the word fat okay so that wasn't a shade that wasn't no dig she's a fat femme like myself and she's out here getting this work yo so shout out to all my fat fans that are listening that support me that keep me up that keep me going i see y'all ma we on these maps we on these maps we in these streets (laughs) so look I just want to share this mix with you guys, and I hope you enjoy it. Matter of fact, I know you will enjoy this mix because I love this. Shout out to DJ Kilopatra Jones. Follow her on all those social medias. Type it in, all of that. I'll probably drop a link somewhere below. Um, this is her mix, and check it out.
is Mojo Disco telling you to be light, be love, and be you. We'll chat again soon. Later.